0: I'm going to introduce our speaker, then I'll read the passage, then we'll pray, pray for him. Um, you know, there are some people who are fun to listen to because they're good performers. I mean, sadly, I think that's the qual- the, where I fall. I think that's like the worst category to be in, frankly, as a speaker. Um, but there's some people that just, you know, they're, they're cheeky to listen to, they're funny, whatever. Um, and then there's other people that, they've like actually done it. That, those are the podcasts, and those are people I like to listen to. I don't care how interesting they sound and the cadence of their voice. I like listening to people who've done it. And one of the reasons I like to have Bob speak, and he's, he's spoken a few times the last two years, is because I like how Bob presents, but Bob has actually done it. Um, Bob has served um, in InterVarsity for 33 years. I'm 35 years old. Okay? He's served in InterVarsity for 33 years. Um, Twelve of those years, he served overseas. Um, three in Vienna, where he he was um, staging from there to, to penetrate into communist nations to smuggle the gospel and the Bible into people who were deprived of it. Um, nine in the Ukraine, bringing the gospel. Um, almost, uh, most of those years, traveling all over the world um, trying to foster student movements in other countries, his, his, um, his position right now with InterVarsity is that he's the director of InterVarsity's long-term mission program. At um, InterVarsity's missions conference that happened in 2012, right at the end of the year, Urbana, um, 4,000 college students stood up to dedicate their life to some kind of long-term service and missions. More than 200 just in his program, InterVarsity's long-term program, of people who want to go overseas, they want to go overseas long-term. To bring the gospel to others around, around the world. And that's what, um, what Bill is in charge of leading. He, um, he has a PhD in education from Trinity, which I, of course, approve of because that's where I went. And, um, and this is his home church. He has a specific spiritual stake in the life of this local church. This is his home church. He helps, he helps us form what classes we do in the ABFs and oversees some of that. And um, right now we have the most people we've had in ABF since I got here in the last two and a half years so um, I'm really glad to have him here and you need you need to listen to him like a guy who's done it and um, I hope you appreciate not only his the Bible study but also the stories that he gets to share with us because he's been there so let's um, let me read Psalm 2 and then we'll pray and receive Bob so so this is page 844 if you're using a pew Bible or Psalm 2 why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their chains, they say, and throw off their fetters. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will proclaim the decree of the Lord. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will rule them with an iron scepter. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear. And... Rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest He be angry and you be destroyed in your way. For His wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all those who take refuge in Him. The Word of the Lord. Bob, why don't you come and let's pray. Father, we lift to Bob too. We pray that you'd use this message. We pray that you'd use this passage of Scripture, that you'd unite it with this present moment, and you'd speak to us through his personality and his experiences. And what he has seen in this passage is you've showed, and we pray that we would be impacted by it, that our emotions, that the direction and object of our will would be changed, that our, how we use our time, how we discipline ourselves to love and serve you would be affected by what we hear right now. And may we all silence our phones so that we don't they don't ring in Jesus' name, Amen.
1: The worst part is that when it's ringing and you can't get at it, yeah, I silence it. <laughs> well, it's a great joy to be here. You may be wondering why I'm down here. Um, uh i think our pastor is one of the best preachers i have ever heard and i hear a lot of different preachers Um, and he has this wonderful gift of being able to connect with us from up here Um, i do not have that i prefer down here i feel more connected to you this is more my style of being able to really connect with you folks if i'm down here i also uh, mentioned when i preached in here in december um, how you folks have become like my family i appreciated your prayers for me um, as you might know i was in the hospital in november with some internal bleeding and um, my blood count went way down it's supposed to be at 13 and it went down to seven and slowly rose up to nine or ten and the doctors were a little worried so i went to the doctor last week and it's back up to 13.8 so thank you for your prayers Uh, don't clap for me, I didn't do anything just clap for Jesus um, in his healing power but thank you so much for your prayers that also um, uh, the doctor took off his um, he he wouldn't let me travel but uh, he's removed that so I can take uh, my trip in two weeks to um, Europe, Africa and the Middle East so I'd appreciate prayer for that Well, this is the fourth Sunday, the last Sunday of our Missions Month, and it's been great. Um, The pastor started four weeks ago with kind of an expository sermon about the name, the name of God, the name of Jesus. And then we had two really awesome missionary speakers. So I thought I would kind of bookend uh, our Missions uh, Month by again going through a passage of scripture and the one i want to go through is psalm 2 which the pastor just read now usually when we think of missions the call to missions in the bible we think of the new testament we think of the great commission where Jesus gathered his disciples on the mountain and said, now go into all the world. And what it says literally in the Greek is, disciple the nations. That's the call to missions, to make disciples of all nations, to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, to teach them everything Jesus taught us. That's the Great Commission. But it's also the call to missions, the promises for missions, are also in the Old Testament. You can start in the first book of the Bible, in Genesis 12, And God's call to Abraham. In verse uh, 2 and 3, God says to Abraham... I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. All the peoples of the earth will be blessed through Abraham. And you know uh, the teaching of the New Testament, that if we are in Christ by faith... We are children of Abraham. So this promise and command is to us, that God wants to bless all the nations of the world through us and other believers in Jesus. Or, uh, there's tons of them, but just one more, Isaiah 49, verse 6 and 7, where God says to his people, the people of Israel too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of jacob uh, but verse 7 i will also make you a light to the nations that you might bring my salvation to the ends of the earth that's in the old testament that's a, a command and promise to the nation of israel the people of israel god's people to bring his salvation to the ends of the earth and it's still a call to us today so there's lots of that in the old testament and i want to go through another old uh, testament passage psalm 2. i believe that this psalm is a great four act drama dramatically showing the whole um, history of god's plan for the world and god's call to missions so let's uh, pretend we're in a great theater and this is the stage and the curtain is rising and look at the first three verses why do the nations conspire and the people's plot in vain the kings of the earth rise up the rulers band together against the lord and against his anointed so it's kind of a meeting of the rulers of the earth and let me ask you about verse 3 in verse 3 who do you think who's the us let us break their chains somebody just shout it out not you (laughs) you were in the first service (laughs) somebody other than the resident theologian pastor Um, who's us it's the kings of the earth good Who's there? Their chains. The Lord Lord and his anointed. So the kings of the earth are meeting and they're trying to figure out how to break the chains of God. How to break God's loving control and chains over them. So in other words, the kings of the earth are having a meeting to try to figure out how to get rid of God. Now, is this shocking? Not really. Because we know it's kind of a natural response, a human response. Um, For somebody, if they get to be in control of something the king or ruler, especially of a nation, and I'm not talking of any political party here, or even democracy versus dictatorship. Anyone who becomes a king or a ruler is tempted to want to be God. Is tempted to not want any authority over them. So, um... Uh, for instance, uh, my wife and I lived for nine years in Ukraine, um, which before we got there was a part of the Soviet Union and was communist. And it, right in the Soviet constitution, it says they're an atheist country. They don't believe in God according to their constitution, they're not allowed. In other words do they do not want God to rule over them they want to be God Um, here's an interesting example Um, that is a statue of the president of Turkmenistan that he commissioned and you see him you know kind of there and the statue is solid gold and he, he uh, notice it's on his pedestal. Well, that pedestal moves. And he got the, uh, the engineers to create his statue so that it moves and turns so that the statue is always facing the sun. <laughs> right? So, no matter where the sun is, the sun is always shining on the face of the golden president of turkmenistan okay that's a real country by the way in the, in central asia um, so i mean here's a guy who wants to be god who doesn't want god to rule over him who doesn't want to worship god he wants to be worshipped okay another example Um, I used to travel in the communist countries, the Soviet uh, Union and so on in the 80s. And if you ever had a chance to go to one of those countries, when it was communist, not communist anymore, but when they were communist, they had all these posters, propaganda posters everywhere uh, in the countries. Here's just an example of one from the Soviet Union it says in russian glory to the worker peasant red army guardian of soviet borders it's inspiring you know um or the soviet union is the fir- first brigade of the proletariat of the entire world wow you know cool um so uh, we got a chance uh, to go into albania which was a really heavy communist atheist country and they had a revolution in Albania and a few months after the revolution I got to go in there to try to start a a summer mission actually with InterVarsity and um, I saw this poster and if you look at it, it it repeats the word lavdi okay, Lavdi PPSH, PPSH is the Communist Party, or was the Communist Party of Albania, and then the president, that's this guy, Enver, H-O-X-H-A, which pronounced Hoja. Enver Hoja, Lavdi to our glorious president, Enver Hoja. Lavdi to the Communist Party. And all over Albania, all I saw was these posters and even some of them built into the bricks of apartment buildings. Lavdi Hoja, the Communist Party. So I asked one of my friend, Albanian friends, what's Lavdi mean? And they said, glory. So this is glory to President Hoja. Glory, Lavdi, glory to the Communist Party all over the country, okay? The president, Mr. Hoja, wants glory. He wants worship. He wants to be God. And that's the temptation of the kings of the earth, the rulers of the earth. So they're having this kind of meeting. (laughs) They're trying to figure out, okay, we want to be God, we've got to get rid of God. How are we going to do it? That's the opening act. The meeting. Then we have act two, the next three verses, verses four, five, and six, which is God's response. And the one enthroned in heaven laughs, scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger, anger and terrifies them in his wrath. Now, if this was modern-day English, god would kind of say to these guys really really you really think that you're going to get rid of me is that right come on guys um and he 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 laughs at them as if these pathetic mortal men can stand against god and then verse six he says hey kings and rulers i want to introduce you to someone i want to introduce you to my king the king i have installed on my holy mountain the king of kings and the lord of lords let me introduce you to him so that's the plot so far of our drama the kings of the earth are trying to figure out how to get rid of God. God responds by laughing and saying, Hey guys, you know what? Let me introduce you to the King, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, which leads to Act 3, which is the center of our drama. And it's interesting, the voice changes. The first six verses were the voice of the narrator or the writer the psalmist here the voice changes in verse 7 and the king god's king speaks i that's god's king will proclaim the lord's decree he said to me that's god said to me the king and here comes you are my son. Today, I have become your father. So, kings of the earth, guess who is introduced as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? God's son, Jesus, is here in the Old Testament, probably a thousand years before. The physical coming of Christ, here is presented, Jesus, God's Son, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And the next, that little phrase might be confusing, today I have become your father. Um, The English translation is difficult because it's a very subtle thing. And it's a subtle way of saying This is an announcement of something that has already happened. Jesus has been God's Son for all eternity. And now God is announcing it to the people and to these kings. This is my Son. And He will rule over you. He is the King of kings. And He is the Lord of lords. Now... Uh, We know this is a Christological interpretation of this because this verse is quoted many times in the New Testament. In fact, God quotes it, or the voice of God quotes it at the baptism of Jesus, where the voice comes from heaven and says, this is my beloved Son. That's a direct quote from Psalm 2, verse 7. At the transfiguration, the voice of God again speaks and says, This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. Paul quotes this verse in Acts 13 to prove the resurrection of Jesus. The writer of Hebrews quotes it in Hebrews 1 5 to prove the deity, the Godness of Jesus. So, what's happening here? is god says to the kings guess what guys here's jesus he is the king of kings and the lord of lords and now the real kicker the next verse god says to the son the voice changes again god speaks and says to the son ask of me And I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. So here is a crucial point in the history of the world. God gives the nations to Jesus. God says, the Father says, the nations are yours. The ends of the earth your inheritance the ends of the earth your possession and i submit to you that the rest of history is the carrying out of this verse as jesus is making the nations his fulfilling this verse but how is he doing it Did he literally come down from heaven and land in um, the, the castle in Rome in Caesar's palace and announced, okay, I'm here. I'm the king. I possess the nations. They're mine. Eventually, yes, second time, he'll come back and do that. But no. How is Jesus making the nations his? You know How? us through missions as we share the gospel and people come to Jesus people hear the gospel or they see the gospel uh, 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 demonstrated in front of them and they bow to Jesus as Lord and King that's how Jesus is making the nations his one person at a time, usually, quietly, through us. As we go across the street, meet our new neighbors with some cookies, or invite our neighbors to a, to a Bible study, or go on a short-term mission, or go on a long-term mission, or have an international student in your house for Thanksgiving dinner, or just share with a friend who's in need that's how Jesus is making the nations his one person at a time so um, so we think about the great commission go into all the world and disciple the nations this is just a restatement of that as Jesus is making the nations his so um, let's go back to some of my examples. Uh, this poster I saw in 1992, or 1991, then I went back the next year and I actually led a team of students um, on a summer mission to Albania. And um, we made an arrangement with the university there. And so the university gave us 12 Albanian students. We brought 12 Christian students from America through university, and we had a program in the summer where our students stayed in the dorm with uh, Albanian roommates, and they had a cultural exchange. They shared us, with us about Albania, we shared about so American culture, and so on, and we shared the gospel. And as part of that, we taught them some really basic Christian songs. One of the ones we taught them was King of Kings and Lord of Lords, glory, right? How many know that one? Let's sing it. Okay. King of Kings and Lord of Lords, glory. Hallelujah. King of Kings and Lord of Lords, glory. Hallelujah. Jesus, Prince of Peace, glory. Hallelujah, Jesus, Prince of Peace, glory. Hallelujah. Great, awesome. Sounded really good. If we had time, we could do it around. It really sounds good. Um, but we, we taught the Albanian students to sing a song. So they loved it, and they said, You know, it's easy. The words are easy. We'll just translate them into Albanian. So they started to sing it in Albanian. King of kings and lord of lords in albanian lavdi glory and i i i I was overwhelmed because we were in a university room a classroom of the university in albania and there was a picture of hoja mr hoja on the wall or at least there was (laughs) It wasn't there anymore somebody had taken it down but we could see the outline of it because the rest of the wall was dirty and that was the part was clean you know so we could see that the picture was there and it just overwhelmed me to think a year ago these students were forced to sing glory to hoja love the hoja love the communist party now same students same classroom glory to Jesus Jesus Prince of Peace glory that's what Jesus is doing he's making the nations his one person at a time another example um, the country of Georgia not the state the country um, used to be part of the Soviet Union it was communist and um, when the communists were in charge they had a a youth group a communist youth group the young pioneers which is like our boy scouts or uh, boys brigade or awana Um, and they had camps of course like we have boy scout camps right they have they bought camps for these kids to go to camp well communism ended the young pioneers disbanded so they didn't know what to do with the camps (laughs) So we rent them, the Christian groups, CREW and university, and other Christian groups that work in those countries, we would rent the camps for our conferences. So I was leading a Bible study training conference in Georgia, and the last session, we gathered around a flagpole, an old rusty flagpole that didn't even have a flag on it, um, for our final session. Well, this was 1998, 10 years after, you know, communism ended. And this one young lady, she was about 18 or 19, she said, you know, 10 years ago, when I was 8 years old, I came to this camp. I was in the Young Pioneers, the Communist Pioneers. I had my little red bandana. And I came to the Pioneer camp at this camp, and she said, every morning, we would, all us kids would march out to this flagpole, and we would raise the red flag, the communist flag, and we would commit ourselves to communism, recommit ourselves to communism. And she said, here I am, 10 years later, same flagpole, same camp, and I want to declare to you all that I'm going to give my life to Jesus okay that's what Jesus is doing you won't read this in your newspapers all you read about is wars and rumors of wars and terrors and horrible stuff you don't read usually about the fact that Jesus is carrying out his plan to make the nations his one person at a time through missions through one person sharing with another person about Jesus, leading that person to bow, to commit themselves to Jesus as the King. And then, one more thing, let's look back at verse 9. So, verse 8, asking me I'll make the nations your inheritance, God says to Jesus, the ends of the earth your possession, you will break them with a rod of iron, you will dash them in pieces like pottery. Well, I thought of this, because I used to uh, work in uh, East Germany a little bit. And here's the Berlin Wall. Now, most of, many of you are too young to remember this, but that wall was the symbol of communist, atheist power. It was powerful you could not go near it if you went near it you were shot and uh, cuz i have a, a relatives in west germany who lived near the wall and they drove me to the wall once and they said we have to stay miles away and we have to get out of our car and walk because if our if they, they'll take a picture of our license plate across the border they'll take a picture of our license plate we could get in trouble Right, No one even went near it. It was so powerful. Such a powerful symbol. Until November of 1989, and I mentioned this in a sermon a year ago, when some young people prayed, some church people prayed in East Germany, and eventually, because of that, the wall came down. So on November 9, 1989, the wall opened up. People were free communism ended but the wall stayed up for a while it became a tourist attraction so a month or so after this event i went there to visit the wall and of course they had the people selling stuff to tourists right and so for one deutsche mark at the time which is about 50 cents you could rent a hammer and a chisel And you could chisel your part of the Berlin Wall. So I did. I paid my Deutsche Mark, my 50 cents, got a hammer and a chisel, and I was chiseling away. I still have my little rocks uh, that I chiseled from the Berlin Wall. And so I was chiseling away, and I looked down, and there were some crosses. And I realized those were there as a memorial to people who were killed who died there who tried to get over the wall and the east germans would shoot them and they would fall over and they would let them bleed to death then they would come and collect the body and they put a little cross there so if it was six months before that and i was standing there i would have been shot and now six months later I got paid 50 cents. We had a little hammer and chisel chiseling away at the wall because Jesus broke it with a rod of iron and dashed it to pieces like pottery. This symbol of atheism people were now paying 50 cents to break into pieces like pottery that is Jesus's power he's the Lord of the nations so let's summarize the kings of the earth take their stand they want to get rid of God 85% of the people in Sweden declare themselves atheists we don't believe in God we don't need God and God responds by saying, hey, let me introduce you to my son, the ruler of the nations, the king of kings, and the lord of lords. And the story of history is that Jesus is making the nations his through missions, through ordinary people who share the gospel whether it's across the street or around the world so if you're participating in the mission to guatemala and you're hugging some poor children or sharing the gospel with them which many i hope will do and some have already done you're participating in god's historical worldwide plan to save the world you're a part of this enormous plan of God if you went to the Dominican to help the children which many of you did if you went to Ukraine to serve the students at evangelistic English camp if you went to Nigeria which many of you did if you went to the Middle East which some of you moved there in the past if you have an international student to your house for dinner if you go across the street with some cookies and meet your neighbor you're participating in God's world mission His plan to change the world His plan to save the world you're a part of history you're a part of what God's doing in this world well then the final act act four excuse me is the application the last three verses and the first application is to the kings to the leaders therefore you kings be wise be warned serve the lord celebrate his rule with trembling kiss the sun you better kiss jesus's feet now because you're gonna bow to him eventually because he is the king of kings he is the lord of lords and actually when you go through the scripture there's a lot in the bible to the kings to the leaders of nations um uh, philippians 2 talks about everyone bowing to, to to jesus everyone needing to have personal faith in jesus Psalm 82 is directed to the kings of the earth to say you're going to be judged partly on the basis of how you treated the poor in your nation the poor people in your nation Matthew 25 could be interpreted as judging the kings of the earth judging the nations on how they treated the least of these another interpretation of that is how they treated the church how they treated Jesus' people Um, but as i look around i don't i don't actually see our governor here or president obama or anybody so there's not too many kings of the earth here Um, so the final sentence is for us blessed are all who take refuge in him because of all this because jesus is lord of the nations Jesus is making the nations His. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. Come to Him. Come to Him. You can trust Him. He's the Lord. He's the King. Come to Him. Find your refuge in Him. You have problems? Yeah, sickness, problems in your family, things you're worried about. Come to Him. Take refuge in Him. <clears throat> He's the King of Kings. And then the implied application is also get involved with this worldwide plan. Get involved with God's worldwide mission to bring the nations to Himself. That could mean praying. I mean really praying not just God bless the missionaries um, I have a few minutes so let me share this one one of the, one of the churches that supports me in New Jersey um, when I was a varsity staff in New Jersey at Rutgers one night I decided to do what the, the bosses did um, just go to church you know I didn't, I didn't ask to speak or anything uh, the church has an evening service so I just, I just went I didn't tell anybody, I just went. So I went, I kind of sat down in one of the rows toward the back before the service. And this lady behind me tapped me on the shoulder. She said, are you, are you Bob Gromman? Yeah. She said, how's the, how's the Bible study in Hardenberg dorm at Rutgers University? And I said, well, it's good. How do you know? <laughs> you know. And she said, Well, that was the second point on your prayer letter. He said, Because we have a little group in this church that receives all the prayer letters of all the missionaries, and we pray them point by point. And that was the point, second point on your prayer letter. So here, this lady in this church that I was not a member of, I was a missionary from that church, knew my four points of my prayer letter cold that 's what it means to pray for missions, not just God bless the missionaries of the world, but specifically get a prayer letter from one of those missionaries back there on that on that chart or when they come. pray for them specifically and of course, we can go. Um, I see a lot of young people here crew has fantastic short term missions, university has fantastic short-term missions and long-term missions if you have an opportunity while you're still a student or while you're still young go and even if you're not young this church has lots of we have this wonderful uh trip to Guatemala and you you can go to Patricia's uh, camp the, the evangelistic camp for students in Ukraine all kinds of opportunities to go um but if you can't go you can certainly send one famous author said everybody should be involved in missions either as a goer or a sender so if you can't go what you should do is give and pray i i i am trusting god that within two weeks that Guatemala trip will be oversubscribed. That they'll have so much money that they can just give some away, extra stuff away to the, to the kids there in poverty. There's no reason why that trip shouldn't be oversubscribed from our congregation. Because everybody, if you don't get to go to Guatemala, should be giving. And so God calls us to be involved in his world mission. And his worldwide mission is really simple. is to share the gospel with another person. If it's a person of another culture, that's crossing a culture. That's what missions is. Whether that person is across the street, or at the university, or in Turkmenistan, that's what Jesus wants us, calls us to do. Because god has given the nations of the world to jesus and jesus is about the business of making the nations his one person at a time and he wants to use you i will make the nations your heritage the ends of the earth your possession amen let's pray lord we thank you for your love your power your plan lord we read the newspapers and all we see is war rumors of wars new wars terrorism corruption discouragement horror but lord we know beyond the headlines we know what you're really doing We see it in your Word. We hear it from missionaries. We hear it from Tom Lynn telling us about the new face of missions in the global South. We know, Lord, that you are making the nations yours. That you're making the nations yours one person at a time, maybe one group at a time, slowly, under the radar, not in the newspapers. You're working to bring young people who used to give their hearts to communism now giving their hearts to you. Young people who used to sing glory to the president now singing glory to Jesus. Lord, you're bringing the nations to yourself. Thank you for the privilege of being involved in your worldwide plan, for, being, for calling us and giving us the privilege to be a part of history as you're changing the world. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.